Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, good morning Russell. Russell. Good, morning. Good, morning, good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, just for this new day, just to be with you, just to be in your presence. We are grateful for that opportunity, for that privilege. And for every little thing that we have taken granted about our lives, the fact that we woke up this morning when the alarm rang, the fact that we are still able to see, we are still able to breathe, the fact that our body is still intact, the fact that our roof is still over our head, and that we have food at our table, Lord, we have jobs to go to, we have money to pay our bills on time, that we are not stuck in the middle of war crisis in our country. We thank you, Lord. And we remember all those that do not have all these privileges. We come with that gratitude, Father. That it is your benevolence, your grace upon our life. The favor that you have shown us. The mercy that you renew for us every morning. That makes all of these provisions available. Your grace, Lord. And that is what we will reflect on this day. We thank you, Father, that you continue to pour your peace and your joy into our hearts. You do not get tired of us because we refuse and fail to learn what you are trying to teach us every single day, but you patiently work with us, working to raise us up, raise our understanding, raise our knowledge, to reveal more of yourself and your truth. And we thank you, Lord, for that grace upon our life, that mercy that you show us. And we share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with everyone for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them as well, Lord. We offer our faith to stand in that gap. We raise all those unknown souls as well, Father, at our altar of prayer this day. We pray for all Christians everywhere that do not personally know you. You are still a religion to them. And with all those that do not want to know you, that have turned away from you. And we ask for a quickening in their spirit, Lord, that you call them and you draw them towards you. So that when your glory is revealed, that truth shall set them free by your spirit working in them. As we make our prayer this morning, Lord, we call on your name, knowing that everyone that comes to you cannot go back the same unchanged and as a failure, as a defeated person. But one that is renewed, that is transformed. One that is empowered. So we call on the name of our lifter, the lifter of men, the one who preserves us. One whose hand is not short to redeem. When we come to him in surrender. The one who blots out our transgressions and remembers them no more. The one who is ever willing to have mercy on us. And then make the parched land a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. The one who has made for us the way of holiness. The Elohim Adonai, Lord of Lords. And we pray in the name of your son Jesus. The Lion of Judah. The one who leads us in battle. The one who has covered our heads in that day of battle. The one who has brought us salvation and redemption from the yoke of evil, from the slavery of Satan. 
the author and the finisher of our destiny, the one who has taught us faith, our wonderful counsellor, the Prince of Peace. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of light and life and truth, the breath of the Father that is given to us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the one who powered his ministry through all signs and wonders, that same spirit of victory over all kinds of demons and sickness is now given to us, has made his tabernacle in our body and he will never leave us even unto the end of time. It is he who gives life to our spirit. It is he through whom we receive every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. It is he who makes the word of God real to us. It is he, the Lord in the midst of his people, who is mighty. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with the gift of your word in your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift, with every physical need, in accordance with your riches. Not in accordance with what judgment we deserve. You are ever willing to give and you teach us to give through your word, Lord. To be just like you. That image and likeness that you set for us in the template of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with that gift of prayer. That we are able to commune with you, talk to you, tell you of our cares, our concerns, our worries. Legally use it to involve you in any kind of challenge. But also use that prayer as our language of love to build our relationship with our Father. Not just one who is the judge and the king. Not just one who is the master. You are the father, you are the bridegroom. You are our friend, our brother. We thank you, Jesus, that you are every way, in every way, you are every kind of relationship that we need, Lord. We thank you. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make in the precious blood of Jesus. We also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting, every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, and Christians everywhere, Lord. When we ask for their quickening, we cover them with your blood as well. We declare that blood, that bloodline that we draw around each of these as a hedge of protection. That every force of wickedness that stands against it or comes near, let it be judged by the fire of heaven in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, preferring theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. Lord, as we command our morning this day, we declare success and we declare divine exemption from any of these calamities, any of these disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty, unmatched, all-powerful name of Jesus. We speak to our morning and we command it to bring every resource that is needed for the abundance of these your servants to achieve successful outcomes in everything that they will go through this day, Lord. We ask for your direction. We acknowledge your presence throughout this day and we speak to you, Father, from our heart, involving you, discussing with you, 
all our challenges, all our problems, all our new ventures that we will start today, all our plans that we will make. We ask you to direct our thoughts, our words, our prayer, and then our path ahead. We thank you, Lord. We also herald the power in our spoken word. As we declare and proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not water and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. Each of us declares that it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yesterday, we reflected on the three facets of God in a father, a king, and a master. And when you say king, he's also a judge. Today, I'd like to touch upon grace. And when will grace be released? A lot of us count on that. A lot of us say, by the grace of God, in a lot of things. But do we fully understand it? And here's one kind of interpretation based on what the Bible tells us. To start with, let's look at what is grace. Grace is that unmerited favor from God that he releases out of his mercy and compassion. Now, one thing to remember is that God is moved with compassion and mercy at our situation, but he only hears us when we ask anything according to his will. This is 1 John 5, 14. So your prayer plays a critical path and must align with his word, his will. But that's the prayer side of it. What about grace? When will grace be released? Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the verse immediately before this one talks about Jesus experiencing all the same kind of temptations that we do. So he feels everything that we feel. He understands. He empathizes with us. Hence, we are able to approach his throne of grace with confidence, where you can talk to him and say, Lord, you know the kind of trouble that I am going through. That's where he says you can come in confidence. When we approach him, we first receive, that verse says, verse 16 says, you first receive mercy and then find grace. The important thing to note is, without his mercy, his grace won't flow either. When that mercy is withdrawn, there is no opportunity for grace. But when will he have mercy then? Psalm 51 verse 17 says, A broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. We receive mercy when we surrender it all to him. We're touching on that brokenness now. And you surrender it all to him. That's a broken heart. 
we let him take charge of the situation we don't hold on we let go and let him run and be involved in the matter or can i say when his kingdom has come in our life and that's a deep statement but it it means that when we don't act out of our will we let him direct most of the time we're still trying frantically to flap our hands and feet to keep our head above the water that crisis situation in our life and all that he's saying is let go and let me do it as long as you are pushing your own will as long as you are going in your strength my strength cannot come there remember he said my power works at its best or at its highest in weakness that weakness is when we surrender when we don't hold on that's when we come under his government where he now says we are under his rule we accept him as king over this circumstance over our will as well and we ask him to direct our path that's proverbs 3 verse 5 there but that's the true meaning of it unless you fully let him direct he can't do anything for us to come under his kingship we have to accept his rule in that situation which most of us are not readily willing be not readily willing to give up but when we come under his government his rule then he being a king will protect everyone that comes under that government and that is why you see when people go to crusades and people go to all kinds of revival meetings and there when they cry it out in surrender they 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 lay bare all their problems that surrender is when he starts to step in your kingdom come your will be done i hope you are getting this and that's why we touched on the concept of the king yesterday and this is exactly what jesus tries to teach us in that prayer when he says your kingdom come and your will be done most of the time we're still fighting 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 and my will be done this is how i want it this is how i'm going to try and do it and he's saying let it go release and let me do it when you come under his government or rule and approach the king you are now approaching that throne of grace that's the verse we are reflecting on today hebrews 4:16 but when we stand in defiance self-willed and controlled and we don't go to him he is not obligated to help he will feel your pain but he will respect your free will and stand aside until you invite him into that situation and give him full control until he has full control he cannot move even the slightest amount of your will he will still respect the slightest amount of your resistance he will still respect jesus can be in your boat in the middle of your storm and yet sleeping in the stern 
Many of us are in this situation, wondering why God is silent. And this is where the contrite heart comes in. Remember we saw in Psalm 51, 17, a humble and a contrite heart he will not despise. So we've discussed about the humble part of it. But the contrite means one that is penitent, one that is repentant, one that is humbled by our own sins and failures and is now seeking after God. Such a heart, he will not despise. Our problem is that we want to cry out to him in our trouble, but we are not repentant of our mistakes. We want a reprieve from our problems, but we don't want to let go of those ways that brought us into the problem. And that's when we don't qualify for mercy or for grace. Look at what Hebrews 10 verse 26 says. If we go on sinning, then there is no more sacrifice for the atonement of sins. That is the, the sacrifice that Hebrews is talking about is that of Jesus on the cross. That is no longer valid for us because you were saved once by it, but you don't fully respect it. You keep on going back to the same sin again and again, and then there is no repentance. Then that does not hold anymore. There is only judgment. And that's a dangerous position to be in. Mercy comes to the repentant. We can make the same mistakes again, but when we realize and recognize that voice of the Holy Spirit saying, see, this is exactly what I've been warning you about, that is the time we immediately need to repent. But if we refuse to repent, then there is no mercy. And when there is no mercy, no grace can flow into our lives. And we are wondering, Lord, why am I still suffering? But when we come in repentance and surrender and submit to him, then he first releases mercy to lift us up. And then the grace, that is the resources that are needed to help us out of our problem, his provision to lift us out of that situation. And all that he's ever saying to us there is, don't go back and do that again. So the question for each of us today is, are you seeing that grace at work in your life? And if not, then you need to check the approach that you have in your prayer. The first thing is, have you humbled yourself before God? We have to approach in humility and in surrender. Not coming in strength, but in weakness, so that his power can take over. Most of the time we come strong-willed saying, I want this. Are we approaching in humility? The second point is, have you confessed and repented of your mistakes? Have you identified the reasons that have led you into that problem? And then have you confessed those mistakes and made that decision not to go back to them ever? Have you promised to detach yourself from those kind of habits, ways, or whatever mistakes you may have made? When you do this, when we repent, then even sicknesses are healed. You might say there is no direct connection there, but 
this is how it works. And that is often the barrier to healing. Repentance and unforgiveness. Two big reasons. Number three. You go to him in faith with the confidence. It said, let us approach that throne of grace with confidence. So you go to him in confidence and with, with, with faith that he will not send you away empty-handed. But as Joel 2.27 and 32, these two verses club together tell us, everyone that calls on his name will not end up in shame. Thank you, Lord, for releasing your mercy and your grace upon us. By your death on that cross, we thank you, Lord, that that mercy and this grace is renewed for us every morning. We thank you, Lord, that you do not give up on us. And you are ever willing to work with us, no matter the level, no matter how far we have fallen down. You are willing to work with us when we come in surrender, in humility, and when we repent and turn from our sinful ways. We ask for that edification in our hearts, Lord, to give up all that we have been failing to give up so far. All of our ways which we know at our wrong. We know the mistakes that we have made. And yet we see, many of them we see as irrelevant. Many of them we see as a way of life this day. This is what everyone else does. So nothing wrong there. And yet your word says that this is not right. Yet there are other areas of our life where we're still suffering and wondering how is that even connected to it. Today, Lord, we ask for that edification to surrender all those mistakes before you, whether directly related to our problems or not. So that every spiritual barricade or block against our progress is removed and we are restored in health and in our circumstances. We are brought back to abundance. We ask for that edification, that strength in our spirit this day, Father. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and temporal needs, those of our family and friends. We pray for all those that are battling any kind of sickness and disease. Lord, your word says that you forgive our sins and you heal. And when we come in repentance and we turn away, as 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, then you heal our land. You hear from heaven and heal our land. We ask for that forgiveness of sins, Lord. And we ask for your mercy to be released upon all of these that we pray for. We pray including for all families that are battling all kinds of division and separation. Holding fast to your word which says that what God has joined together, let no man and no spirit divide. We pray, Father, for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance of your ways and your word and poverty. It keeps your people yoked under slavery, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over every chain of slavery and we declare it broken. We declare freedom by your spirit because where your anointing is, Father, that yoke-breaking anointing brings a release, brings liberty, brings freedom. Let the word of your truth 
reveal your glory and, in, and light up every dark corner of our lives, Father. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us as we release our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other. We believe that you shall do everything we ask for in the name of Jesus, because this is what your word in Matthew 18, 19 says, and you have magnified your word above your name. You will not go back on your word. So we believe and we come in confidence, Lord, approaching your throne of grace, believing that what we have asked for, believing that this prayer is an answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Radadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadad
The scripture I've been given today is from Jeremiah 31, verses 33 and 34. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write upon their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each man teach his neighbour, and, and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will, give their, I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I can confirm that word because before our morning prayer session this morning, I was reading Hebrews chapter 10, and it talks about the same thing. I encourage all to read it from the standpoint of view of how that grace has been made available to us, how the mercy was released through the death of Jesus. I encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 10, 9 and 10, actually both of them. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Also, heads up on our Bible study topic for this Friday. The topic is Implementing Spiritual Laws. This will be a new series. And in this series, we will learn how to establish spiritual authority and remain in expectation. We will also learn that our authority as we will also learn our authority as believers and spiritual law. And finally, we will learn how to activate our spiritual authority. This is a powerful topic. It will empower the way you pray. We must pray with that understanding. So I encourage you not to miss this series. We shall share links for people to uh, join on Zoom and on YouTube. We shall share those links today on our on all our platforms. Please share that with your friends and family. Invite others as well. Like we always say, bless them. Let their prayer life also be encouraged with that powerful understanding that is being opened to us through this series. 
And if you are being blessed by all the reflections as well, please do the same. Please share. These recordings are available on our YouTube page. They are posted on our Facebook page. And they're also saved on our podcast channel on Spotify, which you can find by looking up the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. Please share them. Under the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone.